Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. I'm sick of them. I am done. I can't take this anymore. They're just too much mental stress. I don't Are you need rage this. quitting right now? Is that what's happening? I've already rage quit. This is a whole different level. This is uh, this is just stop it. Just stop it now. I'm disappointed. Just cut it out, Canucks. You could be better. Besser's wide open. Gets the puck. Tours! That's the only reason I do these podcasts is so I can hear all those amazing things about myself. So thanks for having me, and uh, now I'm signing off. I am uh, honored, thrilled. This is uh, one of the greatest achievements of my life. I literally, I, I, I showered and I combed my hair for you. <laughs> really appreciate that. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the PP1 Podcast. We are on episode 74. We've had a lot of Canucks hockey to talk about. Way too much. Some good, lots of bad. But that's okay, because you came here to talk with three guys that have some moderately hot takes. We've got Ted, who's all the way out at uh, his office. Not his home office, the office of Mm, his employment. The spot. Used to be the spot. It was the spot back in the good old days. And then we've got Brady out in Burnaby, who just uh, finished up a shift working back at Old Stopping Grounds in a new way. And uh, we're glad to have you too, Brady. How you doing? Happy to be here, man. Um, you know, just finished working at Lids tonight. Sold some jerseys. Whoa, 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 whoa. Co- we, we don't give out free sponsorship here. Right. At Hat Store. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't work at Lids. And we don't. Well, don't, don't, now don't get yourself in trouble now. Come on. Come on, bud. I do, I do work at Lids. Okay. Part, part-time. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. We appreciate it. Um, we are proudly sponsored on the Dean Blundell Network. Lots of big things coming. I cannot wait. Um, we got some other really cool stuff coming up, too, in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Brady's going to fill you all in on that in the next week or two. Uh, but, guys, the Canucks have started off this week um, in not a pretty way. They've, uh, they've had some problems. Um, some goal scoring problems, namely Tyler Toffoli, um, who we really do wish was a Canucks still. Um, and then just, just a lot of carelessness, um, mainly, you know, on defense, but really everywhere, really everywhere. So what are, what are your guys thoughts on that? Man, what a great weekend of hockey. That was, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I had a lot of fun. Actually, it wasn't that great at all. It was probably one of the worst Canucks games that I've watched in recent memory. So that's part of my, my opinion on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's getting to be that point where, uh, you know, I know sometimes you, you get, you, do you guys ever like shut the game off? Cause you're just completely pissed. Like Brady, d- did you see the whole game yesterday? I did not. Did you turn it and, off? Uh, I hate to say it, you guys, but I turned it off. You know what? We've all done it. We've all yep. done it. It's okay. The uh, the girlfriend wanted to uh, put something on in bed, so you know what? That sounded okay. That sounded better than watching <laughs> the Canucks get their asses kicked. So let me ask you one quick question then. What did you put on instead of the Canucks game? Ooh, I'm embarrassed to say. Well, I've called you out. What is it? Same. Uh, Come on. Be my maybe. Come on. It's One Tree Hill. Oh, 
all going all the way back. <laughs> wow, Montreal, all, yeah, all the way back. Girl, girlfriend's been wanting to uh, to check it out. So, so what pulled next? Out, you guys I are pulled gonna, out the old DVDs that I had. Wintry Hill, know? and then you guys will go straight to the OC after that. No, that's the thing. Melrose we Place started with the OC. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. That's wow. my. That's, that's my funny. Job. That's funny that you're going retro because as soon as the game was done. I went. I went straight back to Breaking Bad. So hell yeah, you did, man. Yeah. How far are you now? I'm. I'm at the part where. Where spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Although I'm probably the only human on Earth that hasn't seen the show yet to its completion. I haven't seen it. Oh, I can't. I can't cover your ears, Ryan. Cover your ears real quick. So I'm at the point where oh, I can still hear. Just wait. Where, where they're in the laboratory, uh, and they've just killed Gale. And Gus shows up and he takes the box cutter and he slits Victor's throat and it was fucking disgusting. So that's where I'm at right now. Gets back to work. Sorry, Ryan. The, the door, I didn't hear a thing, I promise. Okay, good. So it really makes me wonder. Like, I mean, I know it's early in the season, there was no preseason games, and you can see that. You can definitely see that. But it just makes me think when, you know, the games really get going and the Canucks get, you know, their feet back under them. Is it going to be, is it still going to be a problem where, you know, these players, they just haven't played enough or and they're being overexposed or, or is it going to be kind of a situation where, fuck, lost my train of thought. Um, no, I think uh, just to kind of maybe take from that Brady, I was watching the Pittsburgh game tonight. Um, watching the Capitals in Pittsburgh the other night as well. Um, Anaheim and Colorado were also on. All these teams look like they're ready to go. I, I mean, yes, you could probably play a few of these games into a preseason um, as far as getting some reps, but I, I look at all the teams that are playing, and, I mean, everybody looks like, like they're ready to go. And, I mean, the Canucks kind of don't. They almost look uninspired. I, I I will say you know I I, I oh, understand this saying. this this thought process of of we need time to work it out we need time to get the kinks through we need time to play through preseason right but you know Ryan you you pointed out okay. obviously the Canadians the Maple Leafs the Jets right even the Flames have all looked good early on right so my concern is is I don't want to be teams that haven't looked good early on are the Oilers and the Senators I don't want to be the Vancouver Canucks playing. In, in in similar competition with guys like the teams like the Oilers and the Senators. I feel like this team is better than that. And maybe it's not better than that because we, we harped on this roster through the summer when they were making all their moves. Um, or, or maybe yeah, I was, I don't know. And at some point we were like, Hey, actually the roster looks better than it was last year, but it's, it's appearing early on at the very least that it's not. Okay. I, I think I got what I'm trying to say here. Do you think that this situation is just, the defense is so bad right now because one, there has been no preseason games, and two, the, the the rookies are being thrown into a situation that they're not prepared prepared for. Sure, we can have a rookie like one or two playing, you know, eight, ten, twelve minutes a night, but when they're playing, you know, more than that, it's it's too much. So, is this when when the Canucks get their feet under them, are they going to be? You know, are, are they going to be good enough defensively? Are these rookies going to be good enough? Is this defense as a whole going to be good enough, or is it just that our like flat out our defense just is not good enough with with the adjustments we made over the off season? I think really you're probably addressing this as a current issue as far as last game where there were injuries and we had multiple rookies in the lineup. This hopefully isn't going to be the lineup going forward. When everyone is healthy, you've got Edler, Hamonic. You've got Myers, you've got Hughes, um, you'll Levy and um, and Schmidt. So really, you've got, and then now that Ben's back, so there is a potential chance where they're all veterans, including Quinn Hughes. So yeah, I mean, like I said, I I don't think you can blame it too too much on a lack of preseason because as I said, there's a lot of other teams that I've been watching in the last week, and I mean think Dallas was off for two weeks and they just absolutely waxed or are currently waxing Nashville like seven nothing and they haven't played in two weeks so I mean you want to talk about rust they seem to be ready to play so um, yeah I, I think there maybe are certain players that maybe weren't ready to go and maybe that just speaks to that you know whatever those players are that they should have been ready to go how many guys are ready to rock like I've been watching Crosby and Malkin like 
man, they look amazing. <laughs> they look as good as they would have done right in the middle of the season. So um, I look at a guy like Elias Pettersson, and he's probably, I mean, he's clearly frustrated. But even last game, like, the guy looked like he did not care one iota about that game. And you could tell he was frustrated, but he also just looked completely careless. And I know that's one of those things where it just builds on you, and it seems like nothing's going right, and everything's against you. And he's, like, an amazingly, he's an all-world player, and he's going to figure it out. He's going to bump whatever slump he's in. But, I mean... Guys go through this. I, I honestly think, like, and we've I've seen this so many times with this Canucks team, like, they are just snake-bitten right now. And I think there are some guys that are kind of carrying through without, you know, kind of missing a beat. But there's a lot of guys in there for whatever reason. Like, <laughs> it just isn't happening right now. Like, they're, you know, what, top three in shots against in the league. Their course is just outside the top ten for, for lowest. Um and I mean, as far as you know, taking shots like they're they're well below. So this is this is not a new Canucks team by any means. Like they're still playing a very similar style of hockey. Um, so I think we're just seeing some some new problems that need to maybe be uh, ironed out a little bit. Guys, but but wasn't this team, you know, hemorrhaging shots against last year as well? That's what I'm saying. With it, with a completely different personnel, mm-hmm. right? So. Maybe it is a system. I, I I would wonder because I just don't know. It's obviously there's not enough data out there for us to 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 discern whether or not this this current Canuck core is better than the previous Canuck or our current D core is better than the previous D core, right? Yeah. But one thing is for sure, they continue to hemorrhage high high danger shots at an alarming rate. You know what top top three in the league already, Ryan? You just yeah. said yeah. Uh, and that was an issue last year, and that was an issue during the playoffs, and it continues to be an issue now. So, is this a new development, or is this an old problem that needs to be solved somewhere else and somehow else? To to answer your question about, you know, are these rookies going to need to be sheltered? You know, do they need to get their legs under them? I don't think we're. Again, I'll go back to my point about management thought these were NHL defenders. They're, they should be NHL defenders. They should be graduated in their eyes. But I don't think that that many people are cutting Nils Hoglander the same amount of slack that we're currently cutting the Canuck rookies right now. And I understand that playing defense is a harder position. There's more responsibility. You're asked to do a significant amount more. But But that second line is matching up against some of the best lines in the NHL. There's a fair bit of defensive responsibility that's heaped on Hoaglander's um, wing. And I know that a lot of that has to do with Bo Horvat and, and the the time that he spends on on top checkers as well. But I, I don't want to just make excuses and give these guys lift service. Everybody should just be better to a man. And if you have to find ways to shelter your partners better, then that's going to have to be up to guys like Schmidt, Edler, and Myers. And I'm not seeing that. Yeah. I mean, you talk about struggles. Brady, I know you're kind of wanting to talk about it. Like Elias Patterson has, he struggled. I mean, I don't, does he not even mm-hmm. have a point yet this season? So he, like I said, he's he, one point. He's definitely struggled for a guy that makes hockey, like he makes hockey look so, so easy at the highest and fun. Le- and fun at the highest level. The little between the legs move, it would have been awesome to see. Oh, him how score. sick was that though? Like, He's guys are doing this on the reg in a game and he gets stopped. I mean, rightfully so. You're not going to score that all the time, but you know, maybe Hoglander is going to eventually get into those. But he just, like I said, he just looks lost out there. That giveaway, um, right at the blue line that that ended up, uh, was that the Toffoli goal where he just basically coasted in? For, I mean, there's a very good chance that whatever goal you're talking about was the Toffoli goal. I'm just yeah. going to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks, Foley. two weeks ago, to fully goal. Yeah, he he like I said, he looks so uninspired, and there's there's something going on. And I mean, he's a young guy too, so there's going to be parts of that where it's going to eat him up a little bit. And he hasn't faced this kind of adversity um, to this early on. And I think knowing too that you're only going to play six other teams. I think he's probably put maybe he's put that up on a pedestal a little bit higher than he needs to, and just get back to being Petey. Because I mean, he can own the game when he wants to, and it just 
it doesn't even look like he wants to right now, which I think is probably the most frustrating part. Well, I think a big thing about Pedersen's game right now too is the fact that I don't know if you've read if you guys know this, but since he's been in the NHL, he hasn't gone longer than two or three, I think it's three games without getting a point. So now, you know, players can go in the, if you're in the middle of the season, you can go a little bit without scoring a goal. That's no big deal, but people expect goals out of their stars to start the year. It really, it really gets a player going and you've gone six games. PD is, he hasn't had that goal. He's got a secondary assist under his belt. And um, as as it's been going along, he's been trying harder and harder. And then it's just no matter what he does, he just can't catch a break right now. He's breaking sticks. He's missing passes. He's missing things he really shouldn't be. Um, but it's just, I think for him, he just has to get that first goal under his belt. Like, But I mean, again, being in the NHL and him not getting that goal, that's got to be haunting him. Like, you know, it's got to be getting to him at this point. He's already said he's frustrated. So, I mean, I don't really know where I'm going with that. I think I've said what I need to say. The guy just needs to score a goal. and needs to get back on track or that confidence is just going to keep going down and down. I think I know what his struggles are all coming from. Um, clearly, somebody has dropped him as a, as a sponsor for his uh, building his personal brand. Maybe it was something to do with all of his uh, online videos and stuff. Somebody clearly just, you know, denied him a new contract and he's probably a little bit hurt. I mean, I get that. Like, you know, we all like to be, you know, we all like to be popular, but sometimes, you know, maybe he was brought down a rung and he's brought down to like the common folk. So I, I think like, let's be serious. Elias Pettersson's going to be just fine. He's going to bump whatever's going on. He's clearly battling some harsh, harsh puck luck. And he's going to come back, and he's absolutely going to shred. And it might happen against Ottawa, and I feel so bad for them. And who cares? But he's like, it's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. The guy's going to still end up with a pretty decent season, um, like other players on this team are currently having. Um, and at the end of the day, like if Bo Horvat is scoring you goals, if Brock Besser is scoring you goals, Tyler Myers has goals somehow. Brandon Sutter is scoring like Wayne Gretzky. Um, it's, it's all right. Let the other guys shoulder the load for a little bit. Figure your game out. Hopefully, you don't give up any more absolute pizzas. Um, I, I swear, Luke Spiza was on the ice the other night. Like, <laughs> the ghost of Spiza. So, uh, just figure yourself out, EP. We got your back. Nobody's asking to trade you. Unless, you know, you go away for Pierre-Luc Dubois. That would really suck. Um, yeah, somebody said that on Twitter tonight. They're drunk. Yeah, I thought I so saw what? that. Watch this management group go and trade EP for Dubois. We cancel the no. show. And I, and I was... <laughs> we cancel the show. Don't you put that evil on us. Yeah. We cancel yeah, the but, show I mean, didn't, didn't you guys? Didn't you guys feel like when that between the leg thing was happening, right? I mean, it happened in slow-mo. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that you guys saw it the same way I did, right? You're just seeing like, you know, shades of Merrick Malik go top cheese on this goalie, right? Jake Allen's going to get beat. He makes the save, but I feel like that goal happens and we're like, PD scoring 40 this year. Do you know what I mean? Like that was going to be the floodgate goal. And when PD scores his first goal, it's going to be the floodgate goal, right? That's what's going to open it up for him. The big thing right now is obviously Brock's going a bit, right? We haven't, is had, he ever? We haven't had Brock going for a while. And that whip is back in that shot. He looks dangerous out there. He's being a little bit greedy, which I love. Right. So if we can just get PD going, he can find a way to properly play off that. I mean, this kid, this kid go back to being that, that super dangerous lotto line, but not the lotto line that it was before the lotto line with more of a true scoring threat in, in Bo Horvat, which would be just like, I mean, that's the goods right there. Right. That's the stuff we're thinking about because this is a weird season. Right. I mean, and I don't think it's going to get it. I don't think it's got enough talk. Right. The fact that we're only playing these teams, it's almost like, non-stop rivalry games for a whole entire season and every little three game set seems like a playoff round and that's a lot man that's a lot and i know that pd's got through the playoffs looks good and stuff like that but this rest of the roster isn't all like that so we're gonna have to see and i don't think that's gonna get enough attention enough focus early on but i think at some point we're gonna have to pay a little more attention to how much these rivalries are, are rivalry games are taking their toll on this roster well 100 percent um but I mean, we, you were talking about Besser a second ago um, and Petey and just kind of the, the crazy differences we're seeing in them this year as opposed to last. I mean, um, 
and this I'm kind of coming in to talk about the power play in specifically. I mean, last year, you know, it was, it was Besser, Besser's power play a few years ago, and then it, it became PD's power play, especially last year to the point where Besser wasn't even on line line one anymore, the PP1. and um, Our show. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, he, um, he's got a rocket right now. He's got that rookie shot back, and it's just crazy to see – like you get Miller on the power play, you know, we unleashed, unleashed three goals in that one game. Bo Horvat's got it figured out. Bester's got it figured out. Quinn Hughes has got it figured out. Miller's got it figured out. But who's, who's being left out in the cold? Elias Pettersson up on top. It's, it's, it's crazy. But you know what? As long as that power play is working right now the way it is, keep doing what you're doing. Don't give Petey the puck because he's not scoring. Give it to Besser. Give it to Horvat. That's what's, that's what's working right now. That's the bread and butter. Right, and they're doing that. They're giving it to Ho- to Horvat on the for, on that power play. You know, right? that that bang bang slot play. I mean, the, the they showed the replay from those goals, and it was just identical. Like, and you can see, you can just see how much they are. They're trying to change. Like they were great. They were a great power play last year, but they were they were told they were being stagnant too much at times. And yeah. you can see now that Miller is in playing on that team, how much that power play is changing. I, I am loving what I'm seeing. They're moving around. The passes are super quick with these quick deflections, like the bang, bang. Like that is what I want to see. I absolutely love it. Brady's a hardcore millennial, everyone. So he just needs to see action. He needs to see lights. He needs to see, you know, bing, bang, boom, kapow, whammy. He just needs to see things happening to excite him, get his senses going. And the Connects power play is doing that. Quick question, Ted, before whatever you're about to say. Silkier mitts right now. Brock Besser or Bernie Sanders? It's Bernie, obviously. Yeah. The guys, I mean, Brock has been all over the ice, but Bernie is everywhere. Right everywhere, now. right? Everywhere. <laughs> like, uh, like when it gets to the point where he's come into like your work industry where it has no business being, you know, when your wife is talking about it. Did you see? Yeah, I did. Because it's everywhere. He's going to show up on Paw Patrol. I guarantee it. I feel like he was just left out in the cold, and now he's literally everywhere. <laughs> Hopefully. He looks um, how Petey's feeling right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quick, 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 quick question on Quinn Hughes. That's a lot of quick, 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 quick. QQ. Um, Q and on. The guy's the guy six points in six games, right? I mean, he's very good at hockey. We're talking about a point per game player. D- do you, okay, maybe it's just me, and I'm, I might just be out on an island on this one. I don't think he's looked that great. And that's probably a good thing, right? I'm not schlagging on, on, on Quinn Hughes because I think the guy is all world. But I don't think he's looked that great. He's looked a little discombobulated at times. He's looked, he's looked not sluggish, but he's looked like he's not, um, he's not making decisions with absolute you know, micro-precision like he was last year. He's looked... St- a little sloppy at times, but still somehow putting up the points, still beating guys one-on-one. And I wonder what happens when, when Quinn Hughes gets going at Quinn Hughes level, because he's already a point per game player right now. Yeah. So I would say the first three games of the season so far, he definitely looked like the Quinn Hughes that we all love and remember these last three games. He's still picking up points, but you're right. He's not. He hasn't been as electrifying or as just dazzling as you know, like Drew Doughty was for so much of the beginning of his career. I I think it's you're right, Ted. The fact that he hasn't really stood out and he's still collecting points every single game is uh, it's something to to behold. Because when things do get going again, I mean, we're gonna start seeing two points a game. We're gonna start seeing him button hook around the blue line or make that one little shifty pass to keep the play in the offensive zone and next thing you know like the pucks from the back of the net he's still a lot of fun to watch i think it's almost frustrating to watch him play because you know that you know he's almost thinking like he has to do too much too my he's incredible i mean the guy he can't do anything wrong in my eyes <laughs> like when i watch him i just i'm awestruck um but do you think he's at his best right now no i don't no like I think, yeah, in a way, he's not at his best, but he's not. I don't know. He's tired, man. He's being asked to play too much. He's yeah, playing, 20, going for playing this, 26, yeah. 27 minutes a night, and we're playing, you know, way too much. Like, when was the last time this team even had a practice? They haven't had a practice because of how much they're playing. We're talking about the game, though, not practice. 
Talking about, about practice, right? Talking about the game. Exactly. Talking about the game. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it's only a matter of time until he he gets that needed rest and he's good to go. Like, I, I don't think he's going to slow it down. So, we're sure. playing like half tank, full Quinn. I guess if you want to put it that way. Yeah, he's still, sure. I mean, the, the engine's still working fine, still running great. He's just like on a half he's tank. He's still by far the best defenseman on this team. So, you bring like, up. By far. Not even close. You yeah. bring up the playing time. Um, you're kind of mentioning how Nate Schmidt didn't look all that great. You know how much time Nate Schmidt's been on the PK in the last two games? Didn't he play two straight minutes on the PK? Nate Schmidt is playing a lot of PK minutes, and he's having to play a lot of other minutes because guys are going down like Chatfield, and you're having to make sure that Rafferty isn't exposed too much or Ulevi is not exposed too much. Then Myers is taking constant penalties. These are all guys that should be killing those penalties, and they're either injured or they're in the box. So, I mean, I'm going to give Nate Schmidt a pass. I'm going to give a lot of guys a pass because I think right now whatever they're going through is some kind of a funk and it is definitely not the first time this has happened. So I'm going to give him a pass because I know there's so much more. And especially when you're getting owned the way they've been getting owned. Like this is... Brady, you you brought it up. Like you turned the game off. Like when you're watching a game like that, it's not fun. So clearly the guys on the ice aren't having fun either. So, I mean, we're the ones that get excited. Imagine what it feels like to score a goal or to you know set something up. Like that's got to be absolutely amazing. So if we're getting bummed out, they're, you know it's a lot deeper. But I think instead of getting bummed out and talking about the crap that that's occurred, Ted punching the air, Brady, could you punch the air too? Just so we've okay. So I'm gonna do it. Um, let's get into dudes and guys. That's a lot of fun. Dudes and guys, brought to you by Players Choice Sports Cards. They just had their artifacts box break um, on Wednesday. I watched most of it. I was watching the Canucks game too. There's a lot of wicked cards in this set, and I think they're doing a team break again. I tried getting in, and it's taking a long time. Um, there's a sick, sick Quinn Hughes numbered skate jersey autograph card. Oh, my goodness. I I was gushing over that for like a good half hour. There's a pretty decent Connor McDavid in there, too. This is a wicked set. Like, Folks, if you haven't already got into hockey cards again and renewed your childhood, like, get on board. Um, get in early because it does get expensive if you miss out the first time. But uh, let me tell you, Players' Choice, they've got it going on right now. They are absolutely slamming busy. Um, cards have never been more popular. And I talked to Jason the other day. They're building a house. We had some uh, some card chat. And uh, like it's unbelievable. I think I need to just dump all my money, take it all out of all my our investments, and put it into sports cards because clearly that's going to be my future. But other than that, let's get into dudes and guys. First of all, we're going to go with the bad stuff. Ted, who is your guy of the week? Uh, guy of the week, actually not that difficult of, uh, of, of a call. I mean, in a week where there was uh, a bunch of whipping going on um, and also a big win, uh, guy for me, because I feel like we really needed him bad. I'm not going to take the low-hanging fruit on this one, but it's Jay Beagle. I mean, we're talking about a penalty killing specialist, uh, a guy that's, you know, he's, he's outplayed Brandon Sutter on this fourth line to be fourth line center. Yeah. Uh, coming out on the PK, win big draws in the defensive zone. Can't even do that. Like I, he's getting absolutely waxed in the, in the dot right now, um, specifically on the PK, which is basically where he takes all of his draws. So um, the PK is hurting. You're the number one center on the lead penalty killing line. Uh, it's just, it's not good enough. It's not good enough for what he's getting paid. It's not good enough for his veteran stature that's on this this roster. Um, and if you're going to be the key piece, because there is so many young players, like we've talked about so many times, uh, it's on you before it's on the young guys. So, Jay Beagle. Jay Beagle. Brady, do you have a guy? As you would say, Ryan, he got old yellered. Oh man, that was great. That was like top ten tweet of all time, right? Yeah, that was that was really good. I was really Shea Weber, with that old one. yeller, Jay Beagle on that shot. That that was a nod to him shooting a dog. <laughs> yeah, it went it went not well for him on that. I'll give him I'll give him dude status for that block. How about that? Okay, that's that's fair. Brady, do you have uh, do you have a guy? I do, and his name is Elias Pettersson for obvious reasons. Ah, en- enough's enough. He's uh, six games now. A secondary assist. He's got to get rolling. Um, Ooh, he's got to. They got to. They got to start looking to him some more. I think they're 
They're used, like I said earlier, they're using other options. They're using the guys that are working or scoring goals. Horvat, guys, <clears throat> yes. Um, but yeah. you know, it's. I'm just. I'm, I'm a little tired of it. He's getting. Um, he's getting frustrated too, and he he can't. He can't allow that frustration to take over. I mean, he had like a $4,000 fine for absolutely whacking the shit out of that one player against Calgary. So, you know, he's frustrated. My guy of the week, Elias Patterson. He is the, he is the fifth worst Corsi on the team right now. Oh, that slash though. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> and like, are guys getting fined wow. for penalties now? Like, give me a break. Like, come on. You get fined for a malicious penalty like that. Yeah. yeah okay. That's fair. That's it was, fair. It was, it was malicious. Malicious. Sounds like like eating. It feels like, like I want like oh I could use a malicious steak right now. You know, it sounds like a food or something. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. Am I reaching? Maybe I'm reaching a little bit. Reaching uh, for a for a guy this week. I am reaching for a guy. I'm stalling. You caught me. Um, I am gonna go for the low hanging fruit. <sighs> Tyler Miners, and I said that correctly. I don't know what he's trying to accomplish out on the ice right now. I don't know if he's just had it with the Vancouver Canucks already and he's mad. Oh, my Candy Crush is telling me to come back. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't get why he is causing this team so much pain. Clearly, he knows that he is being relied upon as a top four defenseman and he is just absolutely chewing up minutes. Not on the ice. Not on the ice. In the penalty <laughs> box. And that spells problems for guys like Nate Schmidt, for guys like Quinn Hughes, for guys like Chatfield, for guys like Ulevi. You're making everyone else play more because you're being an idiot. And yes, I get you're super tall and that's causing you some problems and you're probably getting some calls go against you that are, you know, carryovers from a season ago. That sucks. And I feel for you. But man, you have to play better. We can't have... The Tyler Myers that we're all expecting we got after they signed him, we need the Tyler Myers that says, screw you guys, I'm going to prove you wrong. And right now, you aren't proving us wrong. So I'm sorry, Tyler Miners, or Tyler Majors, game misconducts. I'm sorry, you're my guy of the week. You can be better. I expect more from you. Well said. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't want to... That's a that's a good point there, right? Like, what, what, what are you... What 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 is your what are you what kind of defenseman are you what are you you're supposed to, we know you're supposed to be a high minute muncher on this squad you're in the box all the time what kind of defenseman are you are you a defensive defenseman are you a physical defenseman are you're you a two defenseman are you an offensive defenseman what are you and a liability what is your role it it just I think that's the part like I I like him I I'm I don't love that we signed him or the Canucks signed him. But if he's going to be here, just like any other player, whether it's uh, Sven Berchi or at the time, Erica Branson, whatever it is, if you're here, do your job and do your job the way you're being paid to be. Um, even Louis Erickson, like, you know, <laughs> we might see him. If it means that we're going to be taking that many penalties, bring in Louis Erickson because he kills penalties like a mother. I know we're about to go to dudes here, but we yeah. got to talk about Tyler Myers. We got to talk about... The Twitter world about Myers. Like, I don't think I thought I saw it out there somewhere. I don't think I've ever seen anybody like like a fan base want their own player to be suspended. It's weird. I think it's gonna require Tyler Myers. It's gonna require more more time. So you're right. We should talk about it. So let hit let's hit dudes real quick and then we'll go right to Tyler Myers. Who wants dudes first? If if you got one, whoever Brady, go for it. You get first pick, bud. Uh, Tyler Toffoli. Oh wait, he doesn't play for us. You know what? I'm gonna leave this podcast. You're ruining all my. You're ruining all my material right now. You Should I take your joke? Don't Both say of them. Don't say Both your name. jokes, eh? You Damn. are an awful, awful person. We're on the same wavelength, buddy. Oh, um, that's a bad. Not day. Tyler Toffoli. Uh, sorry to take your dad joke there. Um, I would have to go with uh, JT Miller. Comes back. He's got five apples already. The power play is on fire. Maybe not quite on fire, but they're looking a hell of a lot better. They're looking like they got more potential than they did last season. Um, plus, the A looks great on his sweater. So, mm. yeah, happy to see that. My dude, JT Millsy. I'm really mad at you, by the way. <laughs> like, you you really ruined what I had going there. Like, I'm really, I, I'm not going to forget this. 
Good old dudes and guys. Oh. Bites you in the ass. People don't forget. People do not forget. Okay, this time I will take the low-hanging I'm, fruit. I'm flustered. And that is Bo Scorvat. Guy was on fire. I like what you did there. Yeah. Five goals, two assists. He really was the he was the trigger man on the power play for the last little while. And like I said earlier, uh, that bumper spot right in front of the net, back to back goals, almost identical. You could have replayed these things like it was the some sort of weird Daniel or Henrik Sedin replay where it looked exactly like the one prior to that. Like it was, it was really good. But not only that, he's still matching up against top competition. He looks to me like on any given night he's the best player on the ice. Um, you know, everyone on this roster included because he looks like he's in the mix the most by far. Um, so this one's, you know, if, if I'm not sure if I took him, if anybody else was going to take him, but it's got to be, it's got to be Bo Horvat. I'm sorry. I'm still flustered. I'm really pissed at Brady right now that I had, I had a good thing going there. He's the top Canuck for the last week on either side. No. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to go with my boy Brock Besser because I, I don't think we have enough time for me to get into all the other reasons why I love him so much. So I'm sorry, Brock. You're going to have to wait a week, maybe get one more goal, and we'll go back to you. Adam Gaudet is my my dude of the week. I have loved his season so far. I really sorry, have. Did you say Adam Gaudet? Just, Adam Gaudet. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, he's not a world burner. I've just I've loved his hustle. He kind of uh, has – he's like – He's creating plays. He's had some amazing opportunities so far. Um, the guy's got a blast yeah, when he gets right. one. I just this this is what I'm getting at. Of all the guys, there are definitely a few players on this team that are absolutely putting in a hundred percent. And to me, Adam Gaudet is that that dude. Um, you know, he he has scored. He's he's looking great. I think he's in a position where he has to continue to earn his keep and. You know, if you're going to compare him to a guy like Jake Vertan, and I know different player, different position, but at the same time, I mean, Goddard's proving that you want me on the wing, I could probably play the wing. I'd like to be the center. He's making things happen, and he's just like an energy guy. He's getting gritty in the corners on the end boards there. He's, again, creating opportunities. I like the fact that, you know, they can put him on the ice, and he's not going to look like a liability out there where so many players have right now. Um, no, he's not Bo Horvat, who's absolute dad energy right now. Um, he's not uh, JT Miller, who's got the dad energy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd love to say Brock Besser because I'm so happy that he's doing what he's doing. But man, like Adam Gaudet needed to step up this season because I think, uh, you know, a guy like Zach McEwen is definitely going to be trying to push and, you know, open the door for himself to, to make this team. And I mean, he's like the dude is a fifth rounder. And I think he's a mainstay on this team. Like I, I would be not heartbroken, but I think it'd be a bad move if they ever moved on from him, unless the guys play absolutely dropped off. Like he's a part of this Canucks team for sure. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP one podcast on crier media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts. This is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? Do you think he's forced his way into that second core? I, I like that I, second. Like, wait, there's obviously the core, right? There's yeah. The core, and then there's that second set of players who are all like these guys are in, integral to success. I don't think he's like absolutely sl- like broke the door down on that. But I mean, if he's not on it already, like the guy is like first in first in line for sure. And I think it really depends on how far this team goes in the next couple of years. But he probably should be talked in that same light. And I mean, he's he's going to be not he's not going to be an Alex Burrows, but I think he brings a lot of that that secondary scoring, a lot of that secondary energy where your stars need a break. And he's the guy you can rely upon when the Sutters and the Beagles are gone, when Louis eventually gone. Like, yeah, he's going to be that guy that's still going to eat up, you know, a, a minor cap hit, and you can still get a lot out of him. And you know, if he blows up, great. But I think uh, he's that depth guy that you know you'd be heartbroken if he ever left. Adam, got to take him over Jake for Tannen. I would. Yeah. Well, he's cheap. He's cheaper. Yeah. You know, he's con- Contracts a factor, right? 
You know who else I take over Jake Vertanen? Um, Tyler Toffoli. <laughs> so it isn't isn't Gaudet like sort of a curious like a curious player, right? I mean, he's got some offensive chops. He plays center. It's pretty clear to me that he could probably play the wing. I mean, you look at the guy, he looks like he's he could be a physical player out there. And then you look at his you look at his measurables and he's he's basically like Elias Pettersson stats, right? He's he's six one. He's only 170 pounds. I think this is like the third year in a row he's slotted in at 170. And I, you know, I'm shocked to always read that, but could could hockey god not put on just a little bit of weight in the offseason? Because he always he already seems like he's a fairly in the mix player to me on the boards on the wall. He's always hustling. But I think an Adam Gaudet with an extra 20 pounds on him or an extra 15 pounds on him would seem like a lot more competitive and be able to win a lot more puck battles. And, you know, Pedersen outweighs him by six pounds, which is surprising to me. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right now. He doesn't know this yet. I see the future. I'm good at this stuff. You know what Adam Gaudet needs? A kid. (laughs) I mean, he's at that age. He, guess, he needs. Knows, he yeah. he's got you know some guys around him, young dads all the all around him, right? Bo just had Gunner, right? He's gonna be like, yeah, like man, look at these guys work. Like they're young, like me, and like these guys are killing it. We need a kid. Well, he just got married, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, hey, man, like have a kid, have a kid, <laughs> have a kid. Get that dad energy and like freaking own it, man. Like Ted, you know. The things you can do when you need to bust out that mad dad strength. Like, let's see what happens. Like, Bo Horvat, clearly, like, that guy is, like, he's up all hours of the night right now. You know, he, he's helping out at home. He's making sure that, uh, you know, the missus gets gets her rest so that she can take care of uh, stuff while he's away. Like, Bo Horvat is, like, pro dad. He's He's got some serious man strength, old man strength happening right now in a, in a young man's body. So, so, just so we got like 15 minutes left and, and I, I think we should go back to B's thing here. We should probably start talking about uh, the Tyler Myers. I don't even know what to call it. Right. Because before, before good Branson, it was Spiza and, and I feel like he's somehow, we called this when the signing first happened, but it seems like Tyler Myers is, is the mainstay whipping boy on this decor right now. And this was a bad look uh, for him in this most recent Canadians game. You know what his problem is? Is like I said, it he's just not thinking properly. I I don't think he's a terrible player, but he's just putting himself in situations. He's it's like he's making a decision one half second before he should. Like the the late hit, which was oh, it was so ugly. I don't think it was a headshot, but it might as well have been. It ended up there. I, I did not like that hit. I don't care what player makes that. And it makes it worse because he's a bigger dude making that play. He was It was a targeted hit. And Joel Armia had no business getting hit like that. Yeah, he had his head down. I don't care if he had his head up. Tyler Myers had about three seconds to think about that. And he still made the play. It was ugly. He's taking penalties that are just absolutely careless. And it isn't this season. We've already seen this from him. He's just... He's not thinking. And I think... That is where you start seeing all these problems. He can make a great pass, and you know he's he definitely has a boomer if he's ever given the opportunity. But my goodness, like, but like, take a second, take a half second. Hockey is way too fast. Take that half second because I know you've earned it. Make the right choice and at least like make something of it, and don't put your team at a disadvantage because this team's already at a disadvantage. You got rid of Chris Tanev, who was a massive minute muncher. You get rid of Troy Stetcher again, a guy that's going to be a workhorse for you, and you have a goaltender that kept a ton of pucks out of the net. Now we've got a great tandem, and we've got a pretty decent defense core. But if you're going to absolutely collapse that whole castle, I mean, we don't need you, bud. I'm sorry, Brady. Can someone please explain to me how when a player's own fan base feels the need to suspend their own player, yet when it comes down to actual disciplinary action, the NHL doesn't do anything about it. Can someone explain this to me? How did that happen? Man, this is uh, Twitter cesspool stuff, right? That's all this is. I feel like we know that. I feel like we've been around on Twitter. You guys longer than me. Um, and it, I, I've been around only for a year, it feels like. And I feel like this is cesspool bullshit, right? Like, 
Yeah. Like, do are we hard on Tyler Myers? Hundred percent. We are. Do do we do we shred his games almost to a point where it's unfair sometimes? We sure do. Absolutely. Is it somewhat warranted because of 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 what he's getting paid to be a focal point defender on this club? Yes. Also, yes. But at no point do I want to see my players on on the Vancouver Canucks be suspended, especially when the league doesn't think it's a thing. I'm not trying to will sabotage. Ultimately, none of this matters because the fans, it doesn't really matter what they say on Twitter. It's not going to take place. But if the league doesn't see it as a problem and and this player has a history of, of being a fairly clean player, he hasn't been suspended for, for tons and tons of games to my knowledge anyways. So we have to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Uh, you know, taking the fact that he's a tall player into consideration. But if the league doesn't think it's a big deal, I mean, we can talk about how it looked like a bad hit in real time. Then we should probably just move on from it. And I know that we'd be pissed if somebody pulled that shit on on PD or something like that, right? Matheson. But but yeah, the Matheson thing, right? But you know, I, I see these people who are trying to defend the he should be suspended thing by. We're only trying to be fair. Like, give me a fucking break. Yeah, right. Like, all you're trying to do is, here's an excuse to hate on a player that I hate. That's all it is. Don't cancel culture your own team. Because you know what's going to happen? If he's suspended, guess who's next man up? Jordy Ben. Which means he's in the lineup. Which means the other guys... Great beard. That also keeps the other rookie defenseman in the lineup if Tyler Myers is suspended. So now you've got Nate Schmidt, you got Ole Ulevi, you got Rafferty, you got Quinn Hughes, Jordy Ben, and who am I missing here? Troy Stetcher. And yeah, do you want that as your defense score right now? No. I mean, we're going to see Rathbone right quick here. But you don't, I don't want to see him because of a suspension. I don't want to see every up-and-coming AHL defender on the Canucks just because some of our guys are idiots and the other ones are injured. That's not the way you don't want it to play out. Yeah, I want to see him uh, in that rotating six spot like I was talking about earlier, yeah. right? I want to see where we're easing them in on our own accord. I don't want to see them trial by fire because we have to. Exactly. Depth is an issue. Hate him all you want, folks. We do need him. We do need him. And I, you guys would surely agree that if anyone here has been a Tyler Myers supporter, it's me. Um, and you know, to be honest with you, there's been, there's been a few things this season that I've actually really enjoyed in Tyler Myers, this game. Let's hear about him. He's physical. He's not afraid to stand up for his teammates like at all anymore. Um, and I absolutely loved it when he punched Matthew Kachuk in the face. Yeah, that was, (laughs) I don't care about the penalty. (laughs) Do it. Matthew Kachuk is an absolute weasel we'll and give you a pass Tyler Myers yeah. ain't gonna fucking put up with that shit <laughs> so I love seeing that type of stuff I think he's come a long way since when he first started playing here like I think he he's taken that role of, okay I am six foot nine I, I gotta be more physical I gotta I gotta protect my goalies I gotta protect my teammates those are some things I've liked but when it comes down to into a game where you're already missing Adler you're already missing Hamannick and you know and what do you do you go out there like you got three rookies in your lineup so you know the veterans have to play a solid, clean game. And what does he do? He goes out and he gets three interference penalties followed by a major. Like that's just when it's when it's gone too far. In a game like that, he needs to learn how to be more responsible. He needs to learn how to, you know, still have a physical game without going over the edge. Like I know I understand like when you're that big and you're that scary, you know, sometimes going over the edge is is okay and it's necessary and you have to prove a point. But in a situation like that, he's got to have some more restraint. I agree. Restraint, restraint's a good word. So I added just a couple of Twitter things. So um, Kyle's Wagstra. Who's that? Uh, annual salary considered. Brent Seabrook is the worst defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, that's too bad. Right? So we're talking about if a guy's playing, say, at a Jamie Ben level. Jordy. Jordy Ben level. I was going to make this joke earlier about, man, I can't wait. Till Jordy Ben gets in the lineup, because then I can start saying Jamie again. <laughs> if 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 Jordy Ben is playing at a Jordy Ben level, but he's making two million dollars a year, it's not that much of a factor. But if if Ben is playing at the the level he's playing at right now, he's making nine million a year. 
that technically makes him one of the worst defenders. So Brent Seabrook is is currently the NHL's worst defenseman when annual salary is considered. But I doubt His Chicago is, cares. Where do you, if at all, does does Tyler Myers fall into this conversation? Is he part of the conversation? Well, he would be. I mean, the thing with Chicago is they signed all those guys when it made sense and they knew it was going to eventually be a hindrance on them. They've got a few Stanley Cups to talk about. So, yeah, it looks bad now. They all have rings. And, I mean, life's going to go on for them. They're rebuilding and things will be okay. So, if I am if I was a Chicago Blackhawk fan, yeah, I'm a little choked now that Seabrook's still hanging around. But, I mean, there was a lot of good times that were worth it. Tyler Myers mm-hmm. doesn't have that. So, absolutely, I think he's in that conversation. He's getting paid for what he did, I guess, at that point. I don't know if he's quite in the conversation in my mind, but it makes me wonder. Would you rather have Tyler Myers at six million or PK Subban at nine? Well, that was my next question. So I have I have PK Subban and then just another bad contract in somebody like Andrew Ladd. And I don't think he's as, as poor of a contract as Louis Erickson, for example. So there are worse contracts. And I would rather have I would rather have Tyler Myers than PK Subban. Yeah. I, I think you, you kind of know what you get out there and obviously three million less. If you're going to have a similar style play, if you're going to have a similar output, I mean, it's $3 million. So, you know, how many years is that Subban contract? He's still in there for a little bit. Is he not? It was a big one. Yeah. So one more Twitter thing. So I posted a poll E like a little late, a little earlier. And then I don't know if you guys have seen this one or voted on it. Um, But taking everything into consideration. So this is another versus matchup, right? Would you Mm -hmm. rather have, PK or would you rather have Myers? So I'm going to go the other way with this one. Would you rather have Myers or Stetcher? So taking everything into account, age, 30 versus 26, attributes, 6'8", 230 versus 5'10", 186, mm-hmm. contract, $6 million for five years, $1.7 million for two years, role, whatever analytics you want to add to it, who would you rather have? I think the tough thing is because Stetcher is still at the beginning of his career. Whereas are we taking Myers sorry go ahead. Go, go ahead are we taking like the team's salary into consideration and all that everything, or are we just everything talking is about a, just a specific player everything is a factor right okay well on the on the current Canucks team I would definitely take Troy Stetcher over Tyler Myers just just for cap space alone but if we're talking about player I'm, I'm taking Tyler Myers over Stetcher just because Myers does like uh, like elaborate his, a little bit just because of his size and his physicality I think the Canucks need that yeah, you take the big guy over. I take him over Stetcher just on this team. Yeah, Ryan, what about you? See, You're a little quiet there, Brady. I don't know if that's a mic thing or. I would. I mean, I'm trying not to make this recency bias, but I mean, I wanted to see Troy Stetcher stay. So, you know, I liked Troy Stetcher last year. I think I would have liked him this year. I haven't seen anything that he's done in Detroit, so I can't really comment too much. But he was a versatile defenseman. He was gritty the guy like he was willing to give the shirt off his back to make sure that a play was made or or a puck was stopped um i you know he, he could score i suppose when not necessarily when he was needed to but you know the guy wasn't exactly dormant either um you noticed him out there for the good things you didn't notice him for the bad things whereas with tyler myers like you're hoping to see good things but you're noticing the bad things again i was thinking about this this week just kind of in and out of you know players that uh, maybe been haven't been living up to their you know their contracts or or their play, and I mean I feel like so far this season if you take statistics and everything away, analytics, all that like just as an eye test so far this season, yeah, like there's a lot of players that that haven't shown up, and Tyler Tyler Myers would be definitely a guy that, and I you know I brought it up in in the guys section right, I mean just boneheaded plays and just kind of taking himself, taking the team away from an advantage. Um, I, I didn't find that Troy Stetcher was that guy. He was getting a little bit of that towards the end of the season last year, but at the same time, it's because he was grinding his way out there. So when that happens, like you're going to take the odd penalty. So, I mean, I'm going to go with the guy with the, you know, the smaller cap hit, the guy that's going to probably be able to fill in in a lot more roles. And even if he is out of the lineup, like you can afford to have someone else there. You can't afford to have Tyler Myers out of the lineup. He makes too much money. He's relied upon way too much to eat up minutes. So if there is no guy like Chris Tanev, um, 
you know, if he's if if Meyer screws up, like you're in a hole. So I find if Troy Stetcher is out, you can afford to maybe you know shelter some minutes around someone else. You can't do that with Tyler Myers. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think of looking at it like that. I think I think taking everything into consideration, I'm I'm I would rather have Troy Stetcher on this roster right now than than Tyler Myers. And I think you can you can ask questions past that too, right? Like you can say, you know, are are we would we rather have Tyler Myers on this roster or would we rather see Tyler Myers get claimed in an expansion draft? Well then like we could have to Foley too. These, pardon me? We could have had to Foley too if we kept Stitcher. Well mm-hmm. yeah I mean that's another thing. I, I, that's, right? I, mean, I know. I'm just trying you're to You're right. Funny. You're right. But I mean I got a little bit of I mean there's a, a guy on Twitter here, Monty Chisholm. Um not a fair poll after his worst game as a Canucks. So you identified that right away, not to take recency bias into this, but obviously fans are angry at Myers right now, so it will be skewed. The only reason I could see someone making this poll is giving circumstances is that they are a Stetcher fan and want to prove a point. No. I don't know if this is necessarily a prove a point thing. I do understand the recency bias, but what I'm thinking I'm going to happen is like maybe we'll take the results of this poll We'll post it now, and then we'll post it again towards the end of the season and see if the the, the numbers change somewhat. Because right now, it's currently sitting at uh, 35% to 65% in favor of Stetchers. That's a little higher than I thought it would be when I was kind of poking through asking questions on Twitter. It was about 50%, so I'm a little surprised by that. So we'll see maybe where this thing goes in a little bit. Like, I'm not a Troy from Richmond, like, Stan guy. Like, I, he, I don't live and die with everything Troy Stetcher does. I would have liked to see him stay. But, you know, again, he he can operate at a lower level and whether it's a contract or minutes or you know what's expected of him and he's still going to produce whereas like there's so much more in the stratosphere of what Tyler Myers has been asked to do over his whole career he's had the speed you know one rookie of the year he was a phenomenal defenseman coming out of junior um he has had a pretty great start but that was about it and then he's just kind of you know kind of hung off I'm not going to call it the like the Eric Branson kind of mantle but in a similar fashion like he's a lot of the GMs and his contracts have probably relied more upon early stuff that he's done um, as opposed to what he's done later in his career so um, you know yeah I think we should definitely revisit that towards the end of the season good call good call Um, fun one to end the end the night and then uh, Brady can go to bed he's had a long day Look, he's a sleepy guy. He's a sleepy. Well, maybe we'll do bedtime stories at the end, just for everybody. Um, I I kind of had uh, two different ones. Uh, you guys probably saw. I can't remember if it was on the PP one uh, Twitter or if it was my own, but uh, a player that you wish maybe had a short tenure with the Canucks. We can go this way. Like had a short tenure with the Canucks that you wish maybe was a little bit longer. Um, I kind of want to save the. I've got another one. I want to save it for next week. Sorry, did, did you say so? You we have to pick a player who we we wish had a tenure with the Canucks. No, that had a had a pretty short tenure that oh, you wish okay. was longer. I want to save yours, Brady, for next week. The three Canucks because I feel it deserves more time. So um, maybe we'll just go around and again, Brady. I I know you, you're probably going to have you know it's not as extensive of a a Canucks knowledge, but I'm sure you've got a really good guy. So um, I know putting everybody on the spot. So. I think if it was me, um, geez, I created the question. You think that I would have an answer? Um, I, I probably would. I probably okay. If you got one, go for it. Cody Hodson. Cody. Whoa. Yeah. That's just a that's just a fan kind of favorite. Thing, Bar down was good, you. but it wasn't like you know. Let's open a restaurant. Good. I am yeah. surprised by that. B. Cody Why? Hodson. Yeah, man, Cody Hodson. I, I like the kid. I, I just didn't like that he left so quick. You're overheating I mean, our that, podcast machine. Maybe, maybe oh, I don't that. I know like, about that, B. I don't know. Sell me on why we, we should have had Cody Hodson I, on a little bit longer. I need saying, a little bit I'm of I'm not that. saying we should have had him longer. All I'm saying is I liked the guy at the time, and I just hated seeing him go. So, I mean, oh, you know, Do you think we dodged a bullet there, though? Oh, Big for sure. Time. His career was a dumpster fire after that. And it was an expensive dumpster fire. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it just—I liked the guy. It was the first one that it came was the, to mind. The game eight goal was a big thing, though. Yeah, and the yeah. other—the other one was maybe Matt Sundin, but you know he was already like forty years old at the at that time. So, wow, okay. he stayed—he stayed long man. enough. Okay, I get that. Sundin would have been nice to see for a longer go. That's for sure. Ted, do you have uh, a guy that you would have liked to see a little bit longer? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, this is obviously a sentimental one, but I mean, it it obviously would have been amazing if we could have seen uh, Luke Bordon's career come to yeah um, come to fruition as a Vancouver Canuck. Obviously, very sad um, that summer when he passed away. I think that rocked just about everybody. That was the first. Um, that was the first time uh, uh, someone's death uh, that I didn't know personally affected me. Um, and then shortly after that, it was the Rick Rippin thing, right? So, um, I, uh, you know, I, who knows? I don't, I don't, I don't even care what kind of player he was. He was destined to become, but obviously his time was too short in Vancouver, and I would have loved to see uh, the player that he would have. You know, I would have obviously loved to see him fulfill his his potential as a as a NHL defenseman. Great pick, Ted. He um, and that because that was a Crosby draft, right? Yeah, he was. He was. I think it was the Crosby draft. Yeah. He was part of that ridiculous Team Canada team too. So, and I mean, he was just on the cusp of making the team too, and like a highly touted pick. Like that mm-hmm. was one of those guys. You know, at this point, I think we all kind of. I remember kind of going through it after 2011. Like, what would that team have looked like if they had Luke Bourdon on that back end? And we needed him too. We needed him at the time that he passed away. He was slotted to take one of those major roles. Yeah, it's. Uh, he was, he was, and especially, I mean, you obviously such a sad story and how that happened, but you take, not only was he a guy that was going to be coming up, but like as a defenseman, like amazing, you know, Quinn Hughes is a perfect example. Like those guys do not grow on trees. Um, they, they don't come around that often and like what a stud of a player and just to see him, you know, taken away like that, I think, uh. It would have been nice to to have him, you know, talk about him being in the ring of honor for everything he's done, like an Alex Burrows or, um, you know, it, it's a shame. It, it's it's a real shame because I think uh, he could have definitely been one of the great Canucks. So um, I'm going to go, I'm going to kind of pull a Brady here. Um, it's probably not going to be like. My, what does that mean? It's, I'm, it's not going to be my favorite answer. And I might have. Man, to I don't think anybody this. was expecting Cody Hodson. I'm just going to. You know, okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to chomp around that, that same meal there. I would have loved to see Anson Carter hang around a little bit longer. Oh yeah. Okay. When you okay. think like, we all have our opinions on how that all ended. Yeah, that's off the board. I wasn't expecting that either. Yeah. That's okay. actually a great pick. Yeah. Matt, Matt's and Yeah. Matt, Matt Matt but I mean, the guy—he got greedy, and he was a real chotch about it afterwards too. And he still is about it. I'm sure he's a great guy, and he's got a great job with NBC. Well, after this year, I don't know. Um, I, it would have been nice to see that line. I mean, Burroughs obviously worked out quite nicely, but it would have been nice to see what Anson Carter could have done on this Canucks team. I mean, the guy could have easily scored. 30 tap-ins a season with the Sedins. And it would have freed up Burroughs to probably be, maybe he carves himself out a different career with Kessler, and maybe they do win a cup. You know, maybe things kind of get to the point where, I mean, we talk about all these what-ifs, but, I mean, Anson Carter was a wicked fit on was that Was there line. a better single season in Vancouver, like a, a one-and-done season than Anson Carter? Uh, Chichu. No, in, in Vancouver. Uh, in Vancouver. Oh, in Vancouver. I'm, my bad. Yeah, that uh, Chichu did have a. He had a pretty good one. Hey, that. man, I run a rocket. What have you done? Yeah, that that guy was, <laughs> that guy was something else too. Yeah, I don't know. I think that would probably be the guy that uh, definitely would hold. You know, you can't really hold a candle to for. He was just Mister Reliable. Henrik and Daniel could do all the work. Not that Carter wasn't doing the work, but man. When you can score that many tapping goals, like why would you not want to stay with that team? So McGillney would have probably been my my honorable mention because I would have loved to see him play a lot longer. So yeah, I, it's money, a hundred percent Brady. But it's kind of frustrating that you know he didn't see the writing on the wall. Like hey, maybe was it he wanted longer term or whatever? I think that was his thing. He wanted a longer term, and so he didn't want to take like just. I'm sure internally he's probably kicking himself on that one. He did okay, you know, he did okay in the bank, but my goodness. Yeah. So anyway, well, we'll you know, do- it's funny. I got talking uh, with a guy at work today about uh, Zach Cassian. It's kind of funny that he was in the Hodson trade that I would have liked to see play more, but 
I know I'm not really supposed to do the honorable mention thing, but that's another player I would uh, would have loved to see play yeah. longer. Right. Like that, where I was talking about his story today, and just it's it's a feel good story. Like I love to see it. Like yeah. guys struggling in the NHL goes through you know drug and alcohol problems, and look at him now. He's got two kids, and he's playing next to the best player in the world. Yep. Like, you can't ask for anything more than that. Yep. Would have loved to see it happen in Vancouver, but fortunately, he's doing it with Big and, David. And not only that, but but to to walk away from Zach Cassian and see and give a pick, and then get Brandon Preston return. Ugh. Right. I mean, I know that they walked away from Zach Cassian because it was like, okay, they had to final straw. Right. You yeah. You, you fucked up for the last time, but you always want to. You know, you you feel like you always want to stand by your guy, right? until he figures it out. And, and obviously Vancouver is patience with him. had just run up. So it was, and Brandon press is just such a nice guy. Yeah. I um, think, I think that's why they're holding on to Jake for so long. They don't want to do the Cassian <laughs> thing again. So yeah, that's, that's the, uh, that's the Cassian thing. The, the, I mean, not the Cassian is Neely, but the Neely yeah. thing. And yeah. Like it's like, it'll pan out eventually. Anyway, looks like we're about the time of the hour. Boys, it's been a great Friday night. We got to stop doing these on Fridays, but that's okay. We're still having some fun. Um, I don't think we need any final words. Lots of Canucks hockey to still come. Maybe things start to turn around tomorrow against the Habs, Hockey Night in Canada. Who knows? This isn't the worst season ever, folks. These Canucks are going to be okay. You heard it from me, Ryan, on behalf of Ted and Brady and Burnaby. That's alliteration, folks. I'm Ryan. This is episode 74 of the PP1 podcast. We thank you so much for joining us. Peace out. Peace. See you next week. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.